Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and we've got a tough loss to break down as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 358. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell from NFL Films as we take a look at what went wrong down in Dallas with a couple of the bright spots mixed in as well after watching the tape. Greg and I will also turn our attention to Sunday's matchup against Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Before we get there, though, just a couple of things I want to make sure we hit on. Number one, Make sure you go and throw us your support over on our Apple podcast page. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. If you've got a question about this team, what you've seen on film over the first few weeks, now's the time. Jump on the Apple podcast. Leave us that question in the comment box, and we will answer it here on an upcoming episode. Also, be sure you go check out some of my other All-22 content. I posted my full game recap over on the All-22 review. You can check that out over on all of the Eagles uh, digital channels as well as on the Eagles YouTube page. I'll post a link. Uh, to my Twitter account as well. Uh, And also make sure you go subscribe to the Journey of the Draft podcast. Myself, Dane Brugger, we broke down some of our big takeaways from week four in college football, talked about a little bit offensive line play, some wide receivers. And also I caught up with Eagles player personnel director, Brandon Brown, to talk about what he looks for when he is scouting the tight end position. Really fun discussion we are having with an Eagles scout every single week over there on the show. Be sure you go subscribe to the Journey to the Draft podcast wherever podcast can be found. That said, let's get into our chat now with Greg Cosell. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, let's get into this. I welcome in NFL film senior producer Greg Cosell to break down uh, the Eagles in their game against the Dallas Cowboys and turn our attention towards Kansas City. Greg, uh, happy Tuesday to you. Man, good to be with you. So let's get into first uh, what we saw from the film from Monday night's tough loss on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. And we can start on the offensive side of the football. I, I guess the main point for me, Greg, you know, and w- no matter what route you want to go in when talking about this offensive performance, you want to talk about, hey, you know, they should have run the ball more. Or how come the receivers didn't see the ball more? Oh, why didn't they? Do- the tight ends had so much success. Why not go to them more? When you only run 18, 19 plays offensively in the first half, it's tough to get into any kind of rhythm, play calling, play calling wise, throwing wise, offensive line wise, like to no, no one else's fault but their own. They just were not able to get into that rhythm. They were barely on the field in the first half. And then, you know, things kind of unraveled from there. Yeah, I, I guess for me, and, and this is not surprising with a new coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball, um, is what they're trying to be on offense. Uh, we talked about this last week that we just didn't feel that they were particularly rhythmic uh, in terms of what the offense looked like. It seems that they these last two weeks they've come out to throw the football. And, you know, again, I don't know your feeling about it. I don't know, you know, if that's if that's what they want to be. To me, you're just asking a lot with a young quarterback. And what people forget, young receivers, it's not just the quarterback, Fran. When you're going to throw the ball a lot, your receivers have to be able to make adjustments as well. They have to understand coverage. They have to understand how to make adjustments with coverage. So it's not just Jalen Hurts. He, he's easy. The quarterback's always easy. 
We know that. But there's a whole element to a passing game and to a, a refined passing game that involves your receivers as well. And they're, they're young players and it takes time. No question. And I think that that's, uh, the, the, I feel like, the, and that's, it kind of gets back to what our expectations were coming in, uh, where you understand like this is a, a new offensive scheme with a lot of young players and a lot of key positions. So, so despite the fact that you had strength along the offensive line, and despite the fact that, you know, we have, we love, we love the speed that the Eagles have at a number of different skill positions you still have all these guys still have to come together and still have to have to find that sense of what their identity is, uh, both from a run game standpoint and from a pass game standpoint. Look, you know me well enough to know, and, and I hope people listening know me well enough to know, I don't say negative things about coaches. They're, they know their players a lot better than I do. I'm not there every day in that building. But it, it strikes me that, or, or I would like to see, I could be wrong, and, and it struck me watching the game last night, because it made me think back to Dak Prescott's first year with the Cowboys. Mm. His first year with the Cowboys, as you recall, they had Zeke Elliott in his prime. And by the way, Zeke did look very good last night, but they had Zeke Elliott in his prime. They had a good old line and a very young quarterback who was a fourth round pick who by no means was viewed as a can't miss prospect. Correct? No question. Yep. Absolutely. Right. So now you have a young quarterback. In his, he's in his second year, but he made his seventh NFL start last night. Yep. Who, by no means coming out, was viewed as a big time prospect. No knock on Hertz. I'm just saying the way smart evaluators evaluated. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't go to the top fifteen for a reason. Correct. So it just struck me watching last night that I'd love to see the Eagles try this. You know, a little more. Like I said, maybe I'm wrong. Put him under center. Run the ball work the play-action pass game more conventionally, you know, which defines reads more clearly. You can mix in some shotgun with some RPOs and zone reads. You can mix that in for sure. But let's run the football with Sanders. Um, no matter how a game is going, to me, again, it's all my point of view, I don't think Miles Sanders can get his first carry on your fourth possession. That just seems not the way you'd want to play given – who your quarterback is, who your receivers are, and who your backs are, and and what your old line is. Now we know the old line's taking a hit, and it won't be as strong now. But still, it's it's not a weakness. I, and I think uh, Eagles fans, and obviously you know this, Greg. Like uh, this happens to uh, to offenses at certain points in certain games where it kind of gets away from you. And then you, if, especially if you're an RPO offense, and you've got some of those kicked in, some of those get uh, obviously get thrown, and, and things like, things of that nature. And so then at the end of the day. The run count looks low, but to your point, uh, leaning into that offensive line, leaning into uh, the big play potential uh, from these backs for certain. I think, and that's one of the best things I think you could say about Miles Sanders is that uh, he has got that game-breaking ability. The Eagles have been one of the most explosive run teams in the NFL this season, uh, just on a pure percentage standpoint. When you look at how often they're able to break eight plus yard runs, ten plus twelve, or ten plus yard runs, with their ability to to make some of those chunk yardage. Uh, leaning into that, uh, we'll see if they can if they try to do that a little bit more here, starting on Sunday. Yeah, and 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 we'll get to that. But Sunday presents an int intriguing game because it's not likely you're going to win that game 17-13 if you're going to win that game. So Sunday might not be the best. Who knows? But the point I'm trying to make is I would just like to see a little more of that. I think that 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 would help everybody on the offense. And I think I think at this point. You know, because Jalen Hurts at this point in his career, we don't know what he'll be. 
There's no way to know that with development. But at this point in his career, he's not what you'd call a nuanced, precision, disciplined craft kind of quarterback. You're trying to get him there, but he's not that guy. So how do you help him get there? And I think you help a young quarterback get there, running the ball more out of certain looks under center. The play action under center gives you more defined reads. You get the boot action from that gives you defined reads. It helps your entire offense. And that's why what I was kind of alluding to earlier was just the fact that like when the offense is out of sync, when the quarterback's out of sync, it's tough to get a full evaluation. I mean, people will ask me, Oh, what did Devontae Smith look like? What did Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, the tight ends when the, when the offense isn't moving well and you have those three and outs and you have some turnovers, like, it's tough to get a gauge on everybody. I, I wanted, to, I do want to ask you about one player though, uh, in particular that stood out to me. Andre Dillard made his first start yeah. since his rookie season. Uh, thoughts on what you saw there from Andre Dillard at left tackle? Yeah, I was impressed with Dillard. I thought he looked good. I mean, the one thing we've always known about Dillard is he does have light feet. Um, he's he's a good athlete. He has light feet. The concern with him was always his strength. Could he handle the bull rush, the speed to power? And he probably still needs a little work in that regard. But I thought. He had some really good pass protection sets. Didn't see a lot in the run game because they didn't run it a lot. Right. But he had really good, some really good pass protection sets uh, against multiple players, uh, some against Parsons, some against Gregory. Um, I just thought he looked pretty smooth. I thought he redirected well. I thought a few, the few times where it looked like he might break down, he recovered well. I, I just thought he really played well in pass protection. The other side of the football, Greg, the defense, it's an interesting one because uh, I went into the into the game uh, or into the watching the tape on Tuesday morning, excuse me, kind of looking for what, what would some, be some of the themes that would pop up in the run game? Was it a particular scheme that beat the Eagles? Was it a, a, a tactical uh, thing that the it, Kellen Moore and the Cowboys tried to do? Was it one weakness on the Eagles defensive side that showed up? To me, like just charting the first like 20, 25 runs, I was most impressed really with what Kellen Moore did tactically and they did a lot of different things. Yeah. The draw play worked very well. You saw a handful of draws. Um, but to me, like looking at how they used motion to create some space, how they used, uh, you know, six offensive linemen and some different bunch sets and the Eagles tried to change things up from a personnel package standpoint and from a formation standpoint. And the Cowboys just consistently had answers. I think it was a really well drawn up game plan from Kellen Moore and the Cowboys offensive staff in the run game? Well, I, I would agree with everything you said, but I think the bottom line is this. If you're going to play out of a two deep shell, your defensive linemen can't be moved. And their defensive linemen were moved. And, so we, or, or you need your backers to be able to win some of those one-on-ones, defeat blocks and get to the football. Right, right. right. But, you, need, but you need guys to be able to defeat blocks and get to the ball. Correct. So, Yes, we can talk about, you know, Connor McGovern as a sixth offensive lineman being used as an offset fullback at times or as a, you know, on the line of scrimmage. We can talk about the multiplicity of some of some of the run game concepts, both under center and in the gun. We can always you can always talk about that. And they're easy things to talk about. But the foundation of how they want to play defense, particularly the run game defense, because they're going to play out of split safety, is that you it starts with your D lineman. And they got moved and they got moved, particularly when they were double teamed. They got driven out of there. Now, Hargrave played great again, and he was the the shining light. And he's been phenomenal two, three games. I mean, he's been as good as any D tackle in the league, because I know I probably see a little more tape than you do. He's been a dominant, dominant player for the most part. But their D lineman got moved. 
And if you're going to play the way they want to play, your D lineman cannot get moved, no matter what the run game concepts are. I mean, yeah, they tried some multiple front looks. You know, they did a number of things just to try to counter it. But they just really, I mean, you really did not see very many plays, Fran, two, three, where they won in the run game at the point of attack. And they literally stopped the play, you know, dead. That did not happen in that game last night. And, that, and that's the thing is that, like, when you look at even just the explosive plays allowed by the Eagles in this game. So, uh, you know, most people would define an explosive play as a 15-plus yard pass or an 8-plus yard run. The Eagles did not give up a ton of explosive plays. It was more the fact that, you know, in the run game, they're going six yards on first and 10. Then it's second and four and they get five. Then it's first and 10 again and they get seven. And then it's right. you know what I mean? It's like they, they were just perfectly fine with getting those big chunks. And that's where when you look at this defense and you say, okay, what are, what is the philosophically, what are we about? And we've talked about it every single week. We're going to play top down. We're going to put a roof over the top of the, of the defense. We're not going to give up the big play. They gave up the one deep ball, the first deep ball that they've given up uh, all season long so far to CD Lamb on the opening drive, uh, but didn't let another ball go over their head the rest of the night. It was more about the fact that, uh, and I, I was charting this as the game was going last night, the first like 28, 29 plays, Greg, defensively, the Cowboys had two third downs. Like they only had two third downs in the first 28 plays because they were just moving the ball right. in such easy chunks. Uh, and the, the Eagles defense just could not get off the field. No, by the way, on that 40 40 yarder, what did you think the coverage was? I thought they were playing an inverted two to the top of the top of the screen for us. I, I guess the defensive right side, and it was just a traditional two uh, to the bottom. So you know, whatever we want to call that, uh, I thought it looked like Steve so, Nelson was playing. So as in a, other words, cover two, cover two, invert to the boundary. Yes, uh, I, what, I couldn't remember if the, if the top of the screen for us was boundary or field. That's what I thought. Yes. Because, so Nelson became the half field safety. He was a half field safety. Yep. And he was too far outside to challenge the post. And Wallace was kind of held down by the, by Cooper's backside curl. It was a, a really good concept to defeat the coverage. Uh, right. I, I thought it was a perfect play call. It was a great catch, obviously, through contact. Um, but, yeah, I, I, outside of that, they didn't give up the big – so, in theory, like, that part of it worked, and you made you made Dallas drive it. It was just too the, – the, the run game chunks, like, that can't happen. You didn't have – Right, well, that's the, that's the issue. That if you're going to play that way, you can't give up six, seven yards exactly. or more. Because okay. you never put – you never minimize the the offense's playbook. You know their their playbook is open for anything they want to do on every play. Yep, and because even like when you did get to a third and eight, and now you get the, like an offside penalty, and now up right up third and three, like you drive wrecked. Like you had the ability to get off the field there on third and long, and who knows? Maybe you know, maybe they don't stop them, but the, now you prevent. You just gave up another twelve plays. Uh, you know on, on that drive because you didn't get off the field there on third and eight, you gave him third and three. Then they pick up a short completion to Blake Jarwin and they keep going. Um, yeah, I, so thought, that, um, I thought Kellen Moore did a great job on the touchdown to Schultz. The first one, Oh yeah, he, he ran the exact same play on the third play of the game. And uh, Prescott felt front front side pressure. So he checked it down to Elliott, but they came back to the exact same play for the Schultz touchdown. Cause I'm sure someone upstairs said, Hey coach, we got exactly what we wanted. We got to come back to that play. No, it's a, a good point. I just, again, I think that you got to give a uh, tip of the cap to the way that the Cowboys uh, played in this game on, on both sides. I thought they did a lot of really good things. Um, you know, defensively, you talked about that defense last week and how uh, they're a little bit better than giving credit for. Teron Diggs makes the big play. Parsons was active again. So, uh, you know, you got to give them credit. Uh, obviously a big win for that team. 
The Philadelphia Eagles and New Era introduced the Fly Collection, an elevated, boldly branded apparel capsule with streetwear appeal that's different from your standard Eagles fan gear. The collection sees bold new graphic expressions of the Eagles brand on apparel essentials like hoodies, t-shirts, jackets, and headwear. The designs are kept simple, mixing fresh modern branding alongside bold punches of color available exclusively at all Philadelphia Eagles Pro Shop locations and the team's official online store. Learn more and view the entire capsule at philadelphiaeagles.com slash fly. Let's now fast forward here to Sunday, Greg. Uh, obviously, look, the, the Kansas City Chiefs loan by themselves at the bottom of the AFC West right now. No one really expected that coming off a two-game losing streak. I guess we'll start with Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense. What's your feeling on this group uh, coming into this game? Well, you know, the thing is, is Mahomes is, is so physically gifted, but I don't think he's played at his best the last two weeks. But Having said that, he can be at his best any given time because he's so good at making off-schedule plays, but he's gotten into the habit of moving when he doesn't need to. He moves prematurely. He breaks down the timing of the offense, and then he makes a great play. Now, if those plays don't happen, they struggle a little bit. Now, you could also say, and I think about this all the time, Fran, you could also say, well, they scored 35 the week before and 24 last week. So what's the problem? Yeah, you could take that point of view, but I'm evaluating a quarterback to play perfectly on every snap, which theoretically is what coaches do. And he moves around an awful lot when he does not have to, and he's missed some things the last couple of weeks, but they obviously have Kelsey. You you have to have an answer for their one by three sets where Kelsey's the single receiver to the boundary. And there's three wide receivers to the field, particularly when Hill is number three to trips. When Kelsey is the boundary X and Hill's number three to trips, you've got to have an answer for that because they kill you with that. That's right. I feel like it's that formation and it's the other one where you have uh, Hill and Kelsey to the boundary as like twin receivers. Correct. And Kelsey motion yeah. inside. It's the, those two formations. You have to figure out how are you going to match that? What are the checks going to be? Um, that That's certainly going to be big to watch in this game because you know that, Greg, and just for our listeners at home, like for Andy Reid and the, and the offensive coaching staff for the Chiefs, they're going to come out with those looks early in the opening script. They want to try and work those in and get a sense of how the Eagles react and say, okay, this is the check that they have. What do we have in our toolbox to attack that check? Right. And, and, you know, barring any dramatic change, which I would doubt we'll get from Jonathan Gannon, particularly with the speed and explosiveness that the chiefs bring to the table, you're going to see high percentage zone. I mean, look through three weeks, they have far and away played the fewest snaps of cover one in the NFL. So I'd be surprised if there was a dramatic change because I'm sure they feel they can't quite match up. Um, so you're going to see a lot of zone, it's a lot of split safety, and they're going to try to play the same way, Fran, keep everything in front of them and make the Chiefs drive the ball. You know, in theory, make the Chiefs hand the ball to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And um, I was actually blown away by the Chargers approach this week because they played a really high percentage of man coverage. Now, two man was a foundation, but they played a lot of cover one. And, you know, I, I've read some stuff on social media where, well, they made the Chargers, you know, drive the ball down the field. The Chiefs drive the ball down the field. No, they didn't. When you play man, that's not what you're asking the Chiefs to do because teams that have played man against the Chiefs over the last couple of years usually it's not gone well. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's, uh, and that's why even going back to two weeks ago against Baltimore, you know, Wink Martindale, mostly a, a man coverage. They'll play a lot of two-man, a lot of pressure. 
it seemed like in that game they play a lot of zone. So it's funny, like the last two weeks in those losses, the defensive coordinator is kind of flipping the script a little bit and doing something a little opposite of what their profile is. Now, again, remains to be seen. We'll see what the what the Eagles and Jonathan Gannon decide to do uh, in this game. But um, to your point, I think, you know, looking at this from a uh, pure say, all right, well, are, are they going to play man? Are they going to play zone? History tells us through three games, the Eagles are probably going to play a lot of zone, keep everybody in front, and let's see how, you know, if you're able to affect the quarterback with a four-man rush. Yeah, and then as I said, Mahomes has been the last couple of weeks at the point where he's affected even if the rush isn't there, but then you get into those secondary action plays, which are really difficult. And that's the thing is like, you know, one of those plays, he had the, the no look pass that bounced off Marcus Kemp's hands, uh, you know, and it turns into an interception. The, the, the ball just hasn't quite bounced from him. That's when when you get we've talked about those second reaction plays. There's a certain level or a certain amount of randomness to them that if they if the ball doesn't bounce your way, like, you know. The, and that plays a great example. And that plays a great example because he didn't need to move and he right. moved and he threw it behind Kemp, yep. who, by the way, was wide open and might have scored if the ball was thrown out in front of him. Yep. So. You know, those plays no one talks about. And it's not a matter of saying Mahomes isn't a great player. We know he's a great player. He's uniquely gifted. You know, he can make every throw. He can throw from different platforms, different angles. He can throw it as far as needs to be. He can throw with touch. He can throw with pace. That's not it. But it's just hard to play sort of outside of structure because you're right. There is a certain randomness to that. I mean, even the the final interception he threw, you know, he left the pocket and he, you know, he, he threw it up to make a play and it was intercepted. So, but the point is that that's, they do a lot of things conceptually that are difficult. They're very big, which you'll see in this game because the Eagles are going to play zone. You're going to see the flood concept, the three level stretch concept. That's a big concept of theirs versus zone coverage. Yeah. It's effective versus cover three and cover four. So if you're if you're playing cover four, which is quarters, split safety, which is what the Eagles play a lot of, there has to be tremendous communication between the safety and the corner to the side of the flood. Because mm. otherwise, there's a void there, and, and they run Kelsey on those intermediate routes, and he's wide open. Yeah, and that's what, like, I, I know uh, Ben Fennell and I, earlier this offseason, we did a study on – all of Travis Kelsey's targets a year ago. And I was taken aback by how many of them were uncontested, where he was wide open. And you know, a lot of it was attacking zone coverage where they don't do a great job with all the speed in that offense. You know, everybody thinks of big play. And it's like a bombs away to Tyree kill and Nico Hardman last year, Sammy Watkins. Right. But to me, like they're a big play offense because they attack the intermediate area and then create those yards after catch opportunities against zone coverage. Yeah. So, so again, you know, the floods, one thing, and you also mentioned Hill and Kelsey on the same side, which we saw them do with a nice play earlier this season against cover four versus the Browns. So what happens is the corner and the safety are really only two that can play it because the intermediate level is pretty much just beyond the flat defender. Flat defenders don't go 18, 20 yards. You know, I've spoken to coaches who say the flat defender, both in cover three and and cover four, really like 14 yards or so is about the the deepest depth that they, they pretty much expect them to get. They don't drop 18 to 20 yards, you know, underneath routes, as you know. So that means the corner and the safety end up being responsible for those two routes and they've got to communicate. Craig, you mentioned Clyde Edwards Lair earlier. Uh, and I want to ask you just what you've seen from him on film, but even just I kind of roping into this conversation, Kansas City Chiefs come into this year with five new starters along the offensive line, which I yep. got to think is a first for a team that participated in the Super Bowl uh, the year prior. But 
when you look at the way that they built this offensive line, I find it curious, Greg, because obviously we know this is a team that likes to throw the football, but you've got some big bodies up there with Orlando Brown, uh, Trey Smith at right guard, Lucas Niang at right tackle. Uh, these guys have the ability to be people movers in the run game. And they're probably when you would say, like, if you're looking at them in a vacuum, uh, scheme agnostically, you'd say, yeah, like probably a better run blocker than pass protector. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, okay, is this a team that, if if given the opportunity, like the, will they lean into the run game and try and get Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Lair going downhill? I mean, I think they'll try because they're going to get the split safety look. And by the way, my guess is Jonathan Gannon would love to see them hand it off to Clyde Edwards. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I mean, mean that's the idea of know, defense, right? Right. So that's so the question is, how's the Eagle front going to play? Are they, are they going to be able to hold them to two or three yards as opposed to six or seven yards? Edwards Allaire looked good last week. He had 17 carries, the most he's had this season. Um, you know, he looked pretty quick going downhill. I think he's got good ability, but he hasn't really been a featured part of this offense because they're a passing offense. I know you love the fact that the fantasy crowd, uh, not big into CEH. And, you know, I know how much that, that impacts. Oh, God, I know. And they thought he'd be real big going into the season. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was a big disappointment for a lot of people from that standpoint. But just watching him on film, like, you know, I, I still feel just watching like the way that he he's built so low to the ground and how shifty he is. Uh, he's tough to get a hand on. He still looks like you know we made the comparison to Brian Westbrook when he was coming out of LSU. He still kind of looks like that in the in the function of his offense. Oh, no question. Uh, so we'll see. You know what approach Andy Reid and his staff take. Um, will they run the ball or will they say, you know what, we we can attack split safety. You know, we have a lot of good route concepts that we can attack with and beat it with, and we're going to throw the ball. Uh, I think Edwards Hilaire will get some carries. I don't think they're going to come out like the Cowboys did. I'd be very surprised if they played in a very similar fashion. Right. Well, let's go over to the the defensive side of the football here, Greg. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, uh, high, high, high volume of blitzing. They lead the, they lead the league and cover zero pressures uh, at this point through three weeks. Uh, they are not afraid to get after the quarterback. And uh, when you have a, a, an offense like this, which obviously everyone has faith in that chief's offense, I feel like they know that they can be, they can be a risky team. You know, they can, they can sell the house and say like, all right, we, we feel like we can send the kitchen sink at a quarterback because our, our offense has our back. Yeah, I would agree with that. They play a lot of cover one. They play cover zero. Um, they're very good with disguise and late movement to get to cover two, where Matthew is almost always the middle hole defender. Um, so you have to be able to understand that. Um, but yeah, they're they're very aggressive. They've had some breakdowns this year. They've had some some busts, I guess you'd call it. They have not been as good through three games this year as they were a year ago. But there's no question that they they will be aggressive. And and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be aggressive against the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, they have given up a lot of big plays, both on the ground and through the air uh, through yeah. the first three weeks. Um, you know, they've had some guys banged up. Frank Clark has not played. Tyron Matthew missed that first game against Cleveland. Uh, you know, they, they've had some injuries. Traverse and they've had breakdowns. Yeah. I mean, you can go back to last week, the 43-yarder to Mike Williams. Yeah. You know, that's a breakdown. They've had a, they've had a few too many of those. Yeah. I, I, honestly, like trying to prepare for Eagles game plan this week, I would have loved coming in and said, I'm going to give a really good cover zero pressure uh, to Greg. The thing is, they haven't really had a lot of those, but like they blitz a lot, but it's not a lot of them have not led to positive outcomes for the defense. I know the resolution hasn't been good. I, I know the feeling because we we try to do that on matchup too. And then there's just, you know, there's just no play that reflects who they are. Right. 
looking at this defensive front, Chris Jones has been one of the most disruptive three techniques in football over the last few years. He has shifted to defensive end. He still gets some reps on the interior, obviously, but uh, he has been more of an edge player for them. Which is an interesting season. thing because I think he's way better inside. No but question. Again, they're with him every day and they've made this decision, but I think he's far better inside. Yeah, yeah, he'll. I mean, he still times the snap well. I mean, he's a he's a freak athlete, so he can do it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that they've played him mostly off the edge. They've got some guys on the inside that were that are seeing plenty of snaps. I mean, Jerron Reed they signed over from yeah. the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they still have Derek Nottie in there. Tershawn Wharton has played a lot of snaps for them. Uh, he's a second year former undrafted free agent out of a small school, uh, Missouri S and T. Um, you know, they've got the rookie linebacker, Nick Bolton from Missouri, who uh, leads the team in tackles right now. He's just been kind of a run and chase player for them. Um, but it, the matchups here on the, uh, the the Eagles offensive side of the football will be interesting because it's a high volume man coverage team. So who are they going to put on Devontae Smith? Who are they going to put on Dallas Goddard? What are those matchups going to look like? And will the Eagles try to take advantage of them or will we see more run game? Kind of what we talked about all the way back at the top of the show. Just to kind of well, I mean, the one thing the Chiefs have not been a matchup defense. So I don't think that they're going to match up a corner specifically on, on any particular play. And we saw last night on Monday night that Trayvon Diggs, who had done some traveling versus Keenan Allen, he did not travel with anybody on uh, the Eagles. He played right corner. So what, what the Chiefs have had basically this year is Hughes has been the right corner. Um, Ward was injured last uh, this week, so Fenton was the left yep. corner. Sneed's the slot corner. Um, now in their base, it's it's used and Sneed. I guess Willie Gay was hurt this weekend. So is he on IR? Or did he just miss a game? No, he's on IR. Yeah, he's out. I don't know if he's going to be back here for this week. So it's so if he's not, you're going to get Hitchens and Bolden as the nickel linebackers, and Neiman has been their their dime linebacker, and they play a ton of dime. He's been their dime linebacker going back a few years. So yeah. that's what you're going to get. Um, yeah. Daniel Sorensen as well, a big part of that dime package. You know, you know the yep. big nickel player. He'll come and out you know he matches up to tight ends. Every once in a while, Thornhill matches up to the tight end, but it's pr- predominantly been Sorensen. Hmm. It's going to be interesting, uh, Greg. Obviously, a lot of challenges here for Jalen Hurts from a pressure standpoint, from a disguise standpoint. Uh, we'll see how the offensive line holds up. Another new-look offensive line here uh, with the injuries the Eagles suffered on Monday night. Uh, but we'll be back uh, late next week. We'll break it all down with you right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, ruled by Gatorade. Great stuff there from Greg, who you can follow on Twitter, just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at Eagles XOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's Nose content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. You know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher to leave us a rating or leave us a comment. Appreciate everybody that has done that lately. Would love some more questions, though. If you've got a question about this Eagles team, you've got anything, whether it's about the depth chart, the current team, the future team, whatever it is, make sure you go and leave that question in the comment box over on Apple Podcasts. We'll answer it here on the show. Great stuff this week from Greg. Thanks to him and thanks to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you later this week.